I mean, the answer to, to Ducey about this isn't my first trip. And what are, you, what are you doing? Always remember, everything about her trip to the border is her fault. The fault of the administration for not showing up soon enough. They could have showed up in March or showed up in May and it would have been fine. They allowed this to happen. This whole TikTok of when is Kamala Harris going to get to the border because President Biden put her in charge of the border. And then they claimed it was in charge of the border. It was in charge of root causes. We heard you. And then it's, it's this. Oh, unfortunately, it's garbage, garbage audio right there. Does it pick up at all? Oh, it's, that's the worst. It's good to be back in Texas, says Vice President Harris. I'm honored to be joined by Secretary Mayorkas, Chairman Durbin, Congresswoman Escobar. We have a day planned that will be uh, about as much as anything addressing the effects of what I've already been addressing, which are the root causes of migration, predominantly in Central America. She's not even really at the border. She's in El Paso, which does have a border station, but it's not a conversation of being at the border. You've heard me say many times, most people don't want to leave home. And when they do, it is usually because either they are fleeing some type of harm or they cannot take care of the simple and basic needs of their family by staying where they are. And so we are here today to address and to talk about what has brought people to the U.S. border and again to continue to address the root causes which cause people to leave and often flee their home country. Well, nice bit of spin there. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. On Facebook, Tony Katz Radio, the phone number, 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. They did this to themselves. And there is no doubt in my mind that Kamala Harris will leave this being a total disaster. Meaning, she simply does not know how to engage And it really should be noted that she is incredibly unliked. People do not like her. They are not fans of hers. They don't enjoy her. Anywhere. But we'll get to that. The whole visit's going to come. We'll probably break it down more. Uh, on Monday, let me switch over. I wanted to get into the infrastructure bill, and I do because the lying of the infrastructure bill. We were discussing yesterday that they they came to an an, an agreement. Did Joe Biden and a and a group of Republicans and Democrats? We had a uh, really good meeting, and to answer your direct question, we have a deal, and uh, I think it's really important. We've all agreed that. Uh, None of us got what we all that we wanted. I clearly didn't get all I wanted. They gave more than I think maybe they were inclined to give in the first place. But this reminds me of the days we used to get an awful lot done up in the United States Congress. We actually worked with them. We had bipartisan deals. Bipartisan deals means compromise. One of the- 
He does not mean compromise. But there's Bill Cassidy of Louisiana, and there's Lisa Murkowski of Alaska, and Susan Collins of Maine. Oh, Mitt Romney putting his arm around Mark Warner, Democrat from Virginia, giving him the, ah, oh, you're a buddy. Oh, oh we should go have a $10,000 beer together. And then what happens? Joe Biden did exactly what Joe Biden does, reminded you that he's a progressive and not a moderate. So we discussed the problem being reconciliation, that here you'll have a, a bipartisan bill on infrastructure, and then Democrats, through the act of reconciliation, which doesn't require the 60-vote threshold for, threshold for cloture, but rather allows them uh, 51 or basically 50 plus the vice president as the tie break to pass budgetary concerns, utilizing a tool called reconciliation. And it is with reconciliation that they'll do all the things they want to do with the infrastructure bill. Long-term health care, child care, all these kinds of things. They now have a new term for it, by the way, human infrastructure. Human infrastructure is what they call it. They invented it out of whole cloth. None of that is infrastructure. But they don't need it to be in the infrastructure bill. They'll pass it in, a, in their own bill via reconciliation. And Joe Biden went on the record. And Joe Biden said after this meeting was over that he has absolutely no plans of signing this bill put together with the Republicans. If it is not accompanied completely by a a bill regarding reconciliation, quote, if only one comes to me, this is the only one that comes to me, I'm not signing it. It's in tandem. Speaker Pelosi has said she will hold off on a Senate bill regarding infrastructure until the reconciliation bill comes so they could do both at once. This is why yesterday you were hearing all this talk. What are Republicans doing? What kind of deal are they making? What are they allowing themselves to be a part of here? They were getting played. And they were getting played by a guy who needs his wife to sometimes direct him as to where to go. He had a press conference yesterday, and as he was leaving the podium, it took Vice President Harris to remind him, hey, don't forget to mention what's going on with the condominium in Miami. He was like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that, and then talked about it. People worried about Joe Biden's cognitive decline, and I think for acceptable reason, And here are Republicans buying in to somehow him being this honorable dude. He's not an honorable guy. And he let you know in less than an hour. So it doesn't matter how many billions or into the trillions you're going to do on on an infrastructure deal. Everything they don't get, that is the leftist wish list, that is another trillion dollars, they'll do by budget reconciliation. Because it's a budget item, it doesn't require the same level of conversation. That's why you can get it passed with 51 votes or 50 plus the the tiebreaker in the vice president. Republicans are going to have to say, yeah, we're not doing this. And then they're going to look bad that they went back on their word, even though it's clearly Democrats who cannot be held to any word because they'll say anything.
anything. They 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 don't even begin to care. Watching this happen, I mean, it's not just me who's saying this. The editors of National Review, Republicans shouldn't fall for Biden's infrastructure charade. And then uh, a great, great piece over, over at Red State about how Republicans got played. And there needs to be a reckoning. This is correct. This is everything that makes people say, that's right, Donald Trump. This is why people say Donald Trump. Because the Democratic Party can't be trusted, and it's very hard to work with people you cannot trust. Now, we should take it another way real quick before we get more into Trump. At this event is uh, John Tester, Montana, Democrat. At this event is uh, Kirsten Cinema, Democrat from Arizona. At this event is Joe Manchin, West Virginia. Am I supposed to now trust them, or do they feel they got betrayed by Joe Biden pushing this reconciliation bill? Or did they know this was going to be the way it goes the whole time, and if they could get Republicans involved in it, that's okay. If they could just suck them in, these, these uh, useful idiots, that'd be fine. I'm supposed to trust Joe Manchin? No, not anymore. I'm supposed to trust Kirsten Cinema. I won't do it. These two people are the only people keeping the filibuster in place. Because the rest of the Democratic Party is so radically power hungry, they'll do anything. And they just engaged in a move that's going to make me question whether or not I can trust them. So now you got to look for whether or not they speak out and say, I can't believe Joe Biden did this. Now, they'll say it in another way. I don't think you need to have a reconciliation bill if you've got uh, this budget, which America or this uh, infrastructure bill, which America really needs right now. I don't think they'll say anything. But they put Republicans, Biden put Republicans in a spot where they can't move forward. That he changed the deal. He lied. But that's not how it's going to play. So why did Mitch McConnell allow this meeting to even happen? Why did he do it? Didn't he know that this could go badly? A lot of people from the word go when the meeting was announced were like, wait a second, what are they doing? Mitch McConnell has done an extremely good job of playing hardball. Why did he allow this meeting to happen? Maybe some of these people needed to learn the lesson. And okay, we'll take our hit on this and we'll put together another infrastructure package. What we really need to do is win the Senate. But maybe Mitt Romney needs to learn that he ain't smart. All those Bain Capital deals, it's really easy to make deals for companies going defunct when they're on, the, uh, uh, on, their, on their butts and they need a way out. But now you're dealing with people who want to kill you just to see you die. Maybe it's a different, uh, different type of conversation, a different type of negotiation, and not one that a Bain Capital guy is really meant for.
Mitt Romney proving once again he doesn't have the killer instinct. Now, with Susan Collins, understand that this is the best you're going to get out of Maine. But I don't believe it's the best you're going to get out of Alaska. Lisa Murkowski is not the best. Now, the Murkowski name in Alaska is pretty big. Remember that Lisa Murkowski is a senator from a writing campaign after she failed in, in a primary. Tough as nails on this. But she won't be tough as nails with with a, a liar like Joe Biden. If Lisa Murkowski calls Joe Biden a liar on national television, I'll be like, okay, all right. She's clearly figured this out. But she won't. They're still going to talk about how this is needed. And that's No, it's not. Stalemate's better. Trump taught how to fight. And some people took it to levels of extreme and in and, and areas where I, I, I wish I, I, I wish that others wouldn't go so far into pretending they're in, in that Trump playbook or that they're Trumpian or Trump themselves. But he taught people how to fight. The fight is very important and it is more important than ever. And a recognition that these people can't be trusted. These are good lessons learned. Now, do you need Trump back in order to keep these lessons going? Not necessarily. And that's a conversation we're going to get into. Kurt Schlichter is scheduled to be with us to discuss it. From townhall.com and the Kelly Turnbull series of novels at amazon.com. Romney, Murkowski, Collins, they do not know how to deal with the enemy. They are useful idiots, and this infrastructure bill proves it. So get with your senators and say no. It's a bad bill. And when tied to this reconciliation, it means huge tax dollars and bad business for America. The answer is no. Biden is not to be trusted. But Republicans may have already hurt themselves and may still have to go forward on parts of it. We'll find out. I'm Tony Katz. Now, you know I don't believe in polling. Although... I guess I should. It's just after so many times of being lied to, seeing so much manipulation, how am I supposed to trust such a thing? But this is from The Hill, and this is uh, their poll from the Associated Press, that a majority of Americans say abortion should be illegal after the first trimester. 65%. It should be illegal in most or all circumstances in the second trimester. 80% saying it should be illegal in the third trimester. I think that's fascinating. I believe it. Because what this is saying is that the majority of Americans are down with the idea, the fact that we are talking about a life. And this is extremely detrimental to the Planned Parenthood set. 
The Planned Parenthood set wants you to know that it's just a clump of cells. And it's okay if you engage in an abortion. As a matter of fact, it's okay if you engage in an abortion after the baby is already born. Because you have people like the governor of Virginia letting us know that you'll make the baby comfortable and then uh, uh, the mother and the doctor will decide what to do next. The baby's already born and on the table. That's, That's pretty sick. That is pretty sick and pretty diseased if one were to ask me. This bit of polling shows that for all there has been uh, movement and pushing by uh, the Planned Parenthood set. America sees it differently. I think this is very interesting. I do believe that we will not see in Congress anytime soon legislation that would make it to the president's desk to engage levels of outlawing of abortion. Now, you can say to me, well, Tony, that's because of Roe v. Wade. We could see in our lifetime the removal of Roe v. Wade because that is not so much about abortion as it is about states' rights and the usurpation of those rights. States like Massachusetts and Minnesota will always allow abortion. States like Indiana, I'm not 100% sure, honestly. States like Alabama and Texas, lesser of a chance. Although Texas, again, I wouldn't be so sure. But those states have the right to make those decisions. It got taken away from them by an overzealous, highly political Supreme Court. Yeah, the, the Supreme Court is not some, you know, holier-than-thou entity. We should, we should stop with the, you know, the, the, the fetishizing of it. Fetish is a good word. Remind me. Remind me to talk more about fetish. Interesting poll. Now, there's the other question, of course. Uh, do you believe it? Did people answer a poll for sake of answering a poll, but it's not actually how, the, how they, they think about it? I don't know. But it's going to give the people who push to end abortions, it's going to give them a lot of fuel to keep moving down that road. The Department of Justice is going after the state of Georgia by calling them all bigots. This is Tony Katz today. My question is, where is the Kamado Joe made? It's a big green egg company, so I assume America. It's wait, is it is it owned by the people who own the big green egg? That's I'm pretty sure. I don't think it is. Uh, I think that's something very very different. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, of course, and me in the never ending saga of when will this damn fool buy himself a grill already? It's just pathetic. And some people were sending me some American-made stuff. Uh, and I'm like, this is cool. But one of them was, was a Yoder grill, which they, they do smokers and they do pellet grills. The pellet grill starts at, at two grand. I'm like, okay, uh, this isn't happening. This is, is not happening. I'm looking up uh, Kamado Joe. Made in the USA, baby. Is it made in the USA? Yes, sir. All right, if it's made in the USA, I'll take a look. Because this has become, I've been asking myself, what matters most? Now, the cost is some things I won't do. Made in the USA matters most. I have found that outside of cars, 
Made in the USA matters more and more. And and I've always been, you know, avoid buying from China with everything in you. Well, I mean, I, I bought a, I was, I was talking about this earlier. I bought a suit the other day or yesterday. I bought a suit yesterday made in America. And I, and I certainly liked the look and I liked what I tried on. I had to order something and then we're going to, you know, we're going to, we're going to play around with it as a, so as opposed to full custom, it's, we're customizing is 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 where we're at uh and and if if it works right and and, and if the, the the tailoring is right and this is going to be my my suit or at least one of them because it's made in america it's not that i oppose getting an italian fabric at all or getting something made in italy i'm just i'm not doing these things where they end up you know getting in a bunch of stuff from china and, and i'm not doing it made in america matters so when it comes to the grill made in america matters wait now why the kamado joe it's not, as opposed to the big green egg well the kamado's made it i i was incorrect it's made in china so disregard that wait the kamado joe is made in china i i there are multiple kamado grills but the official kamado grill company is made in china so yes well then that's out for me i i'm sorry i led you astray it was so uh, we we first we it's because of you that we just lied to everybody no, we corrected ourselves. Oh, so that that makes it better. Yes, if, okay. we, we issued a retraction. That's fine. All right. See, that's the problem. It's a retraction world. Let's. We should get. We should work on getting it right the first time. There is a whole conversation about retraction journalism, where people are so rushing to get the story out, and they don't care who they hurt, and that they'll put a story out. And that story will get debunked, and then they'll have this small retraction on like page twelve, you know, and then in the upper left corner where you don't see it. Uh, oopsie. Meanwhile, people get damaged left and 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 right from from these kinds of stories, and the people and the the people writing the stories don't seem to care. They don't seem to care at, at all. It's, it's really ugly. Not as ugly as the Attorney General, Merrick Garland, suing the state of Georgia over their voting laws. But it's why he's suing. The rights of all eligible citizens to vote are the central pillars of our democracy. They are the rights from which all other rights ultimately flow. Two weeks ago, I spoke about our country's history of expanding the right to vote. I noted that our progress on protecting voting rights, especially for black Americans and people of color, has never been steady. Moments of voting rights expansion have been, often been met with counter efforts to curb the franchise. Among other things, I express concern about the dramatic rise in state legislative actions that will make it harder for millions of citizens to cast a vote that counts. I explain that the Justice Department is rededicating its resources to enforcing federal law and to protecting the franchise for all eligible voters. Understand what the Attorney General is saying? Hey, Georgia, you're a bunch of racists who are trying to keep black people from voting. This is what he is saying, probably written by Stacey Abrams. This is what he's saying. And in case you think I'm kidding. That seek to curb voter access and that where we see violations of federal law, we will act. In keeping that promise, 
Today, the Department of Justice is suing the state of Georgia. Our complaint alleges that recent changes to Georgia's election laws were enacted with the purpose of denying or abridging the right of black Georgians to vote on account of their race or color. In violation of Section 2, he says, of the Voting Rights Act. Sick, twisted, diseased nonsense. Just called Georgians racists. This is an activist attorney general and an activist Department of Justice. It is what it is. But thank goodness you didn't vote for mean tweets. Whoo! This is just absolutely horrific. And there is no doubt that Merrick Garland should be called to account. I have long known and shared on this show that Merrick Garland was no good, mainly because of his views on the Second Amendment, which is to say he has no view of the Second Amendment that doesn't involve getting rid of it. He's not a buyer. He's not a believer. He doesn't think there should be a Second Amendment. He does not believe in your right to keep and bear arms. Does not buy it. Does not believe in it. And Mitch McConnell, let's not forget, Mitch McConnell was right not to bring him up for a vote. Although I will admit, I did say at the time when uh, President Obama nominated Merrick Garland that you could have called the vote and simply voted no because in absolutely no way, shape, or form is Merrick Garland good enough for SCOTUS. He's also not good enough to be the Attorney General. He's simply not good enough. An ugly, ugly thing to say about the people of Georgia. Meanwhile, Loki is bisexual. I, I, just, I, I just thought that everyone needed to know. It was clearly a problem that a Marvel character wasn't gay or wasn't, uh, uh, you know, totally experimental. It was, it, was, it was really hurting the franchise and it was, it was, it was damaging people. And they, they were crying in the streets because there were no characters that um, uh, maybe uh, did things, uh, quote unquote, differently. And now we learn that Loki in the Disney Plus series is bisexual or probably pansexual. No, it's he was gender fluid is what it was. I'm telling you how the article is written. I've watched the show. I'm telling you. And the correct and and the answer is so what? The comic book had written him that way, I believe. Isn't that the way it went? That it's just following the pages of the comics? It the the fa- his his sexual preference is irrelevant to the show and it was literally only if you paused the show and looked at a piece of paper would you have ever noticed. But it became the most important subject in America because Anthony Mackie... Now, is Anthony Mackie the, the Winter Soldier? No, no he's no, Captain no, America Bucky. now. He's, so he is Captain America. He's no longer Falcon. He's Captain America. Yes, sir. Okay. They had gone after him because he's got this friendship with, with Bucky, who's the Winter Soldier, and, and how come they don't have a relationship? And he's like, stop it. Don't be ridiculous. Just enjoy the show. 
And people are like, how dare you be anti-gay? Anti-gay? He just wants to do his character. Leave him, Leave the guy be. But now they've got a bisexual character. I'm assuming everybody's just going to be totally fine. Or am I going to be told that Loki isn't a big enough star in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, even though he has his own show and his own timeline? It's good. That's it. This is where we've come to. We think things like this matter. But for some people, this stuff really matters. It's got to be difficult for them to hear that they're wrong. I mean, they're wrong. No one cares. If it worked, if it helps build the story, go about it. If it doesn't help build the story, it doesn't matter. Did it help the story or hurt the story in Age of Ultron that you had Mark Ruffalo as the Hulk and Scarlett Johansson as Black Widow almost getting together? Oh, terrible. It didn't matter. It didn't matter that they discussed running away together. It, 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 was, it was inconsequential. So dumb. Even when you go to uh, uh, Endgame, and it's it's Professor Hulk, and and he, you know he's talking about you know I snap my fingers I really want to bring her back, meaning Black Widow. Spoiler alert: she dies, uh, and and bring her back. You didn't feel a real hard connection there, like it mattered. Mm-hmm. The friendship and love between Black Widow and Hawkeye. Now that was real and legitimate. There you go. That was a real uh, a, a love affair, if, if, if you will. But not one that you would take sexually, but just one of camaraderie and respect and, and love for one another. You can't just have love for one another. It has to be some kind of in-the-bedroom play. It's the movies, man. Just, I'm just noticing what some people demand from their parts. Yes, it's two attractive people in movies always have to get together whether or not there's chemistry or a reason for them to. Oh, is is, is that how it's done? Yes. Have you oh. ever seen any movie, like Jurassic World, there's no reason those two should have been together. They're both attractive and they got together. In Thor, they're both attractive, they got together. It just, it doesn't, you don't need to have a sex thing just because both people are attractive and in the movie. Well, I mean, if they're hot. Well, that's not how real life works. Hot people who just are in proximity to each other don't... Uh, well, now that I say it out loud. New York is adding ex-gender options to government IDs. See, it's not just happening in, uh, in, in, in the movies. A law signed yesterday that adds an ex-gender option to government IDs in New York. And Andrew Cuomo saying, New York State is the progressive capital of the nation. I believe that. My father believed that before me. It's our legacy. So when, when you get a driver's license in New York, you can be male. Check. Female. Check. Or X. And the X indicates non-binary, intersex, undesignated, or other genders. According to uh, the New York Civil Liberties Union, 
The Gender Recognition Act won't just allow people to access accurate identity documents. It will bring an end to the government-sanctioned stigma, red tape, and discrimination that has accompanied New Yorkers seeking identity documents that reflect who they are for far too long. You want me to tell the New York uh, Civil Liberties Union that they're ridiculous? Okay, you're, they're ridiculous. People can choose to live as they see fit and they can make decisions for their lives. Whether I understand it or not or accept it or not is, in, in terms of my life, would be inconsequential. They're allowed to do it and no one should be attacked or assaulted or anything else for it. At all. But if you are going into a hospital and they ask if you're a man or a woman, you should answer them honestly based on how you were born. If there is a standard of care that is given that is different between men and women because of certain physiological realities between men and women, and you don't answer the question honestly, my gosh, look at the harm that you're not only doing to yourself, but doing to that doctor or nurse or health professional who's trying to help you. You need it on the paperwork? If, if, if that's what you think, although I can point to a series of places where it causes issue. I very often get the feel that we're doing things now because uh, a, a, a very, very loud minority has decided that if you don't do it, you're a bigot. And rather than being called a bigot, sure, what does it hurt me? The question is, what does it hurt? Maybe we should start digging into that. I'm Tony Katz. Kamala Harris, vice president, speaking at the border, really, El Paso, and wants you to know... Man, did they inherit a tough situation. Our administration, it is important to be clear, is working to build a fair and a functional and a humane immigration system. We feel very strongly about that. And as you know, we inherited a tough situation. Um, in fact, right here in El Paso was the, 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 the launch of the child separation policy. You saw it as it rolled out on the ground in real time. Um, we have looked at a, a, a system where um, people have been housed in inhumane conditions over the last many years. Um, an asylum system that has been broken and that needs to be reconstructed. And um, in five months, we've made progress, but there's still much more work to be done. But we've made progress. Is that right? You've made progress? On what? She went to the border to blame Trump. This is her grand plan. Spectacular. It's not like any of us called it. It's not like any of us didn't know this is exactly what was going to happen and exactly the kind of person she is and this administration is. It was clearly better under Trump. Immigration was clearly better under Donald Trump. More under control. Less people pouring over. It's obvious, except to people like her. Again, we can solve this problem. The desire, the desire to make this political, to keep this political, to only discuss things in this political way. We can solve the border problem. It doesn't even take work. These people refuse to do it. Because they believe in open borders and they can't tell America that. So we get this nonsense 
pablum. Let's dig into the future. People want to look at 2024? I think it's too early. But has the Republican Party said enough of Trump already? That's a conversation we'll get into next.